You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, it's a bit of a fun one here. To wrap up, June uh, hopped on on the line on ESPN 1067 Uh, in Fox Sports. I previously co-hosted this show on ESPN Radio, and I got the opportunity to hop back on with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird to discuss some Kentucky basketball and then the ACC-SEC challenge, kind of dive through the different matchups. We talked about Kentucky and Miami and kind of the frustrations around, okay, why wasn't it Duke? Why wasn't it North Carolina? Probably not going to see that for quite some time. Also discussed Samto Cyril, the momentum for Kentucky, and then we talked about just kind of the perspective uh, on the Wildcats so far this offseason. I really appreciate all of you out there that have been watching throughout this June. It's been a great month for the channel. It's been a great month for the podcast. I sincerely appreciate everybody that's been watching on podcast because the numbers have been climbing, uh, and I do uh, do thank everybody out there that's been tuned in want to go ahead and tell you guys up front if you like the channel if you like what you're hearing you like what you're seeing subscribe to the show wherever you're listening whether that be on youtube whether it be on podcast wherever you get those as well once again i really appreciate you guys so without further ado here is my conversation on espn 1067 with jacob goins and carter bird lance for the first time in what seems like a while we actually have some good positive Kentucky basketball news to talk about. They're going to have more than seven guys on the team now. Can you believe it? Can can you believe something good has happened for John Calipari and the Wildcats? So, in case you did not see, uh, and I I doubt there are a lot of people in the Auburn area that are following Kentucky basketball recruiting, but Kentucky has finally, I I assume, filled out their 2023 roster, and then on top of this, uh, yesterday they added a commit for the 2024 class, Baby Shaq is his nickname, Somto We got to quit putting baby in front of I don't like historically <laughs> great athletes and just calling. This is a, a high, highly rated high school player, but, yep. but it's a trend that I don't like. It, it, and he's a load, too, 6'10", 240. I mean, he's a, he's a physical specimen down low, and he is very, very aggressive on the defensive end. So you see some of those tendencies, but at the same time, like I, I agree with you. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see myself being a fan of that in the future. Uh, I wanted him to reclassify to this year's team. He had the opportunity to. He still technically does, uh, but based on reports, the, he's not going to do so. So Kentucky's roster as of right now, I think, is, is complete for the 2023 season, which is wonderful to say, considering just a few weeks ago we were sitting here with only seven players on roster. You've added a couple of freshmen, Jordan Burks, Joey Hart. Uh, you also added a transfer in Trey Mitchell from West Virginia that I think is perfect for what this team needs, somebody that can kind of split time between between forward and center if you want to run a small ball lineup so a lot of good things to go around right one now. of those many kids that transferred out of West Virginia with the uh, stepping down and removal of Bob Huggins at West Virginia so yeah Kentucky was a, a beneficiary of that yeah. no doubt I would I def I like the way you put it the second time stepping down I mean, it's like stepping down at knife point. Like you, you have to. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the <laughs> removal. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's that was a, a crazy situation for a guy who's going to be put in the Hall of Fame. Um, it, it will be a Hall of Famer. It's just crazy how that 
crashed and burned over the last 12 months. So, Lance, how does this Kentucky roster, in your estimation, compare to recent history? So the thing that I really like about this roster compared to other ones is I like the height that Kentucky has in the front court. Over the past couple of seasons, you've seen Oscar Shibway be the primary guy there. Listed at six foot nine, I think he measured at the combine as like barely six foot eight. So you've had I think a, it was six six seven six seven. Okay, so you've had a six foot seven play forward starting at your center spot for the past two seasons. Just not a lot in the rim protection department for Kentucky over the past two years. And I think you're going to be starting this year a seven footer who is uh, probably I think going to pan out to be one of the best. Uh, rim protectors in the league now is he a scorer no is he physically uh, imposing like does he have a lot of weight a lot of punch to him no but I think he's very very good at shot blocking and protecting the rim Uganda and Yenzo that is and then on top of that you've got Aaron Bradshaw who you added through this freshman class seven feet tall going to play the power forward spot for Kentucky can handle the ball can shoot as well so you've got two guys down low that I think you have to be really excited about when you just talk about length in your starting lineup and as we all know Cal likes to run very short rotation so you're going to see those two guys a lot Bradshaw currently hurt as of right now I expect him to be back for for next year for this upcoming season uh, before the season starts he's not going to be playing in the global jam but as far as it compares to previous rosters Carter I really like not just the height in the front court but also the scoring in the back court for the past two seasons we've seen Severe Wheeler who is five <laughs> foot seven at the most and you've got two guys in DJ Wagner and Rom Dillingham that I think can be what I've talked about since I started the show the Locked on Kentucky podcast which is you need guys on in your backcourt that are bucket getters that can create and score in isolation and Rob Dillingham and DJ Wagner can do that in space. when you when you look at this team is there still one spot that you're kind of worried about or worried about depth? What is the one area that that gives you hesitation going into this next year? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not really concerned about the depth on this team. I'm really excited about what Kentucky can do one through three because if somebody does get hurt, you've got to do Thierro, who has grown from like 6'5 to 6'8 here in just a year or so, just continuing to develop. And he can play one through three, I think, if you need to. And you've also got guys like Joey Hart uh, on, your, uh, on your bench that can play small forward or shooting guard. Jordan Burks is now 6'9, but he's played small forward the three for most of his high school career so you've got height you've got length I think the thing that concerns me it's not depth it's the lack of experience and obviously mm. that's the concern heading into this year that's usually the concern with any Calipari team is how is this team going to perform against more experienced teams especially in their own league and I think that the SEC having grown over this past half decade it can, has continued to show time and time again from various teams Auburn Arkansas Tennessee what have you, they can hang with Kentucky now regardless of the talent that they have because some of these teams do have that experience. So it's just having a bunch of freshmen and seeing if they can gel. But I think something that has to give you positivity hosting Locked On Kentucky and Kentucky basketball fans and maybe even scare SEC fans is the fact that Calipari has gone into the transfer portal and picked up a couple of guys that have experience which two weeks ago they didn't have any of. And so I think if you if you look at all that together – are Kentucky fans feeling, before we get to the phone lines, are Kentucky fans feeling better about where this team stands compared to where they were two weeks ago? I think that the majority consensus is that fans are, do feel better, but I, I would not say that it's like a it's like a Auburn offseason where you flip the script and you say things are going to be really good this season. If they're not, I'm really excited about the future to come. It's just like 
they're okay. It's kind of like a okay, great. Now, now show me what you're going to do with this team. It's exciting to see these different pieces, but show me what you're going to do. And like I cited what you said, Lance, it is because of other teams in the SEC, like all yep. the ones he just named, that have gotten better over the last 10 years in college basketball, where that fear of, oh crap, here comes Big Blue Nation, that doesn't seem to be as big anymore. What's the perspective of Kentucky fans on that side of it? Yeah, the investment into SEC basketball has certainly created a lot more parity in the conference, and it's quite literally at this point, it's like half the league like is extremely competitive. And it, honestly, if you if you want to look at the entire thing, it's like night in and night out. It's so difficult to win on the road. We, that's yes. something that we've been saying for mm-hmm. for years now. At this point, the unless SEC you played it like at LSU last year, that yeah. was like the only place. Or that was the gimme. <laughs> There was that that South Carolina oh, team would get the doors blown off them at home, but then went to Rupp in one. It makes no they, sense. They were a actually an actually scary team, kind of on the road, but they were horrendous at home, and it was backwards. Made no sense. But but from from Kentucky's perspective, I think that it's something that it, that it, it's kind of similar to maybe like. I, th- I think this is a bad comparison, but just follow me here. Like Clemson, like their fan base, where it's just like it feels like the rest of the the, pe- the players around them have kind of caught up to them in a way. It's just like, well, our recruiting no longer allows us to do X, Y, or Z anymore, and we are kind of stuck in our old ways. We aren't getting into the transfer portal. We're not doing all these different things, and we could be. That's the thing is we could be modernizing our offense. We could be getting into the transfer portal a little bit more heavy, and we could be getting better players to suit more success in the postseason, but as of right now, we're not doing that. And so I think a Kentucky Wildcat fan's perspective on the way the SEC has changed I think is a little bit skewed because it's it's not necessarily like – it, the, I think the the majority of fans look at it and say, we have fallen behind instead of they have caught up. I think they acknowledge the fact that the SEC has gotten better, but it's more of a focus on the fact that we as a program have failed to succeed in these different areas. By the way, South Carolina last year won four conference games. Three of them were on the road. Whew. Just to not make any sense at all. Well, and, and I think to... To what you were saying just then, Lance, it seems like that narrative with Kentucky fans of we've taken a step back more than SEC has caught up, I think that has to do with the fact that John Calipari has one national championship and it was 10 years ago. Yep. Like I think that has a lot to do with the fact that everybody else has caught up because, look, Kentucky gets the best of the best whenever they want, but the guys right under them, they're starting to go to other SEC schools like yeah. Auburn, yeah. like Alabama, like Arkansas, like Tennessee, mm-hmm. where they can have a chance to make a run in the NCAA tournament, which over the past five or six years, Kentucky has not done. Yeah, it felt it feels like they have not they haven't really threatened to go on a run to win a championship in a while. Or at least that's that's the perception and the way I feel. Maybe maybe there's a year that was closer than they were closer to making a deep run but Lance I mean Cal is the Jimbo Fisher of college basketball and that's something that I I said tried to say to on on my show maybe three or four weeks ago whenever things were really in the gutter I'm like even if things do turn around let's be realistic here this team is going to be a highlight reel there's going to be so many different things that happen within games that it's just like, wow, what an athletic play by Justin Edwards. Wow, what a crazy shot by DJ Wagner. It's not going to amount to postseason, postseason success, which at the end of the, end of the day is what this uh, fan base is starving for. Look at, or look at college basketball 
in who are winning national championships. It's guys with experience. It's yep. teams that have experienced guards. They have just experience on the team in general, and that's just not something Kentucky ever has because, look, credit to John Calipari. He's fantastic at putting guys in the NBA, but that hurts you as a program long-term, and I think that's where we sit right now when it comes to Kentucky basketball. All right, before we get to the SCC, ACC, Big 12 Challenge, almost said ACC twice there, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. Obviously, as you all know, the MLB is in full swing right now, and you can take your first swing at betting on MLB action over at FanDuel. You can get to 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to two hundred dollars so if you spend 20 bucks you can land 200 dollars in bonus bets that's win or lose 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under uh, to who you think is going to get the first home run as we all know the reds and the braves i like the braves you guys for the most part like the reds <laughs> and so if you want to go lay some money down on either of those teams who are playing good baseball right now you can head over to fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets it's all on an app that is safe secure and super easy to use and when you win you can get paid instantly again fanduel.com slash locked on there is no better place on to bet on MLB than FanDuel that's America's number one sports book and the official partner of Major League Baseball Well, speaking of Kentucky, we're going to talk that and Auburn because yesterday uh, we got the SEC ACC Challenge opponents. Uh, Carter and I did a number on the on the matchups yesterday a little bit, so want to let you have the floor a little bit talking about uh, the matchups that we're going to get in what used to be the SEC Big Twelve Challenge in college basketball is now the SEC ACC Challenge. Uh, Auburn men's basketball will host Virginia Tech on Wednesday, November 29th at eight fifteen in Neville Arena and then Kentucky on Tuesday November 28th will host the Miami Hurricanes inside of Rupp Arena and Lance something I talked about yesterday I am it makes sense and I understand why they did it but it's really disappointing to me outside of just the matchups themselves it's really disappointing to me that they moved it from late January to late November mm-hmm. again I understand why they did it because it puts it in uh, it puts it in the heart of non-conference schedule but I really 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 enjoyed um, playing that out of conference big time matchup game right there in the you know the heart of conference play where you're not halfway through but just about halfway through conference play um, you got to take the weekend off you had an entire Saturday of just the SEC big 12 challenge. I just thought that was a lot of fun. I thought it was special. It was unique. And now what this seems to be is just another non-conference game, in my opinion. It comes down to what you value as as a consumer. Do you value the early season non-conference matchup against two top 15 teams? Or do you value, in the in, like you said, in the heart of your conference schedule, going to play a Kansas, going to play an Oklahoma, going to play a Baylor. Uh, it, it really does add some significance, and it, allow, it allows you to kind of get a feel for what March is going to be because we've seen some really big-time games, especially over these past two seasons, from this SEC Big 12 Challenge, and I agree with you. It's been fun, and I've really liked the fact that they've stuck it right there in the heart of when things get serious for college basketball. It kind of helps, allows, if you're, if you're into – uh, I, I guess, you know, just kind of perspective. I, I don't, I don't want to necessarily say TV ratings, but just kind of like perspective on setting things up for March. I think it kind of in the back of our minds kind of does help do that. 
um, and kind of reignites the excitement that have, may have dwindled in the middle of January for some casual consumers out there. Well, I talked yesterday about it's a it's a chance when it was the SEC Big 12 Challenge in late January, you had a chance to build your resume, and you just kind of talked about that as well. And half the matchups weren't trash. Right, yeah. and the game actually means something because we know when you come, when it comes down to the middle of March and the tournament committee comes together and they're trying to pick the 68 teams that make the NCAA tournament, they are going to value that out-of-conference win in late January a heck of a lot more than they're going to weigh in this game in late November mixed in with every other non-conference Absolutely. game because we all know, all of us in the studio and all of our listeners – the team that you play in November is a completely different team that you play in March. It's just a fact. And so I think with moving this to November, you lose a lot of impact of what these games mean on the schedule and on tournament resumes. I also something that that kind of irks me and in, in y'all can correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't care how late a game is played, but the fact that no game here is played like pat like every single game is 6 p.m on and if you're on the east coast which it's the acc right here you're going to be playing some of these games starting at 9 15 like why does every single game have to be 6 p.m on why do we have to split it up into two into two days why couldn't we have just started earlier and spread them out a little well, bit more how about the fact that they just decided we're gonna play all the games at the same time yeah and right? just have them all overlap each other where it's really difficult to watch multiple games at once I hate this. Everything about this is bad for for the SEC. I guess it's not bad for the ACC because they like clearly had some say to not have Texas A and M just whoop Vatek in the Buzz Williams Bowl. Uh, not have Auburn or not sending Virginia to Auburn and having to die. Maybe the a top three environment uh, in Neville Arena history. Like I hate these matchups. I hate the times. I hate that we're playing in the middle of the week. I hate that we're playing in November. ESPN botched the whole thing. They did. And it's, it's, this is all around worse. This is worse for the game of college basketball. So, Lance, in your opinion on the matchups, you can talk about them in just all of them if you want. Obviously, Auburn hosting Virginia Tech and Kentucky hosting Miami. Your thoughts on those two and then the other matchups because we, we've made our voice heard about what's going on in this SEC-ACC challenge. I think some of these are some of these are clever i, I do like the the fact that you play once uh, play, curious. T- tennessee and north carolina i think is, is a yes. good game but you you always were gonna have to have three or four good games and i still think two of those four could have been better i think that the clemson and alabama game is fun simply for the fact that it's got the football tie and that's why people will watch it it's literally the only reason why people will watch it i do like I relate some of these to football for for some reason. I do like the Texas A&M uh, Virginia matchup. I think that that is going to be a fun game because of the way that Virginia plays their, the, the style of basketball that they play. Texas A&M be, being so experienced I on think the team road, can score. It's, it's, <laughs> I think it's going to be fun. They're going to score the forties. It's going to be the the uh, what Auburn the, Northwestern the, the Auburn game. Northwestern game all over again. I think the I think the Duke Arkansas game is going to be a lot of fun. Yes. That may be the best game on, board on the schedule. There. Maybe the best Bud atmosphere is going to be a zoo I for think, that game. I think that when you're looking at you know the state of these different programs across the conferences, I think they 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 got all of these games, these matchups, pretty even. Is is what I think I, I like about it. LSU and Syracuse, Missouri and Pitt, I, I think is another fun one, especially considering that one's on the road. Uh, the the thing that I actually hate about this the most, and this is from a Kentucky fan's perspective. Why on earth did the Wildcats get Miami 
I, again, I understand to go back to kind of like the, the same even, thing for Auburn and Vatek. Like they like maybe like it's just kind of I I I don't. You had the opportunity to give them Duke. I literally like they haven't played since like 2018, 2019, right? If I'm not mistaken, like this has been a, a series when, that Duke when's is, the uh, last time Kentucky played UNC. Gosh, it had. Well, don't to, they play in that? <laughs> they play in that CBS Sports Challenge or whatever. Yes, don't they, they they play in the they play in the cla- the CBS Sports Classic, Classic which yeah. is out in like uh, out west in like Vegas. And it's normally like what them, North Carolina, Ohio, Ohio State, State, UCLA, and UCLA. Yeah, and sometimes I think they rotate in another team. I can't put my finger on right now, but it, it's yeah. it's all different blue teams. Whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but point being. Kentucky could have gotten a better matchup here. I think that they could have swapped Duke. Miami and Arkansas uh, Arkansas would have been a great game. Why didn't just give just give the fans what they want? Well, I made a statement yesterday and you can tell me if I'm wrong. I said that Miami going to Rupp Arena will not get Kentucky fans excited more than any other game at all. I mean, Carter no. said that the fans will be there, but they're always there. This is not a game where they're going to be like, yeah. oh, circle Miami on the calendar. Like, no, it's another non Kentucky actually game. cares about Miami at all as a basketball yeah. program. You know who they do care about, though? They care about Duke. And UNC. Those, and ca- those two would have made waves. I think that also bringing Notre Dame in would have gotten some attention just based on yeah. the recent history in that, in that rivalry. But um, Duke and North Carolina. You know what I, I wanted more than anything? I wanted them to send Notre Dame to Baton Rouge or to Gainesville. Just give Please. give Notre Dame just a culture shock. <laughs> just send them to, send or, them to or Arkansas. Send them to Auburn, man. I, I'd love to see somebody curb stomp Notre Dame any day well, of the week. When I look at Auburn's matchup with Vatek, I think that's the most boring matchup Auburn could have drawn. Like, at all. Even Boston College. You have a Bruce Pearl connection there. He was yep. a student manager on staff. Yep. Clemson, you lost to him in the tournament a few years back. Miami, you lost to him in the tournament a few years back. Everybody else, even Wake, you can at least tell me, like, oh, uh, like Chris Paul and Tim Duncan, that's more fun than Del Curry? I, look, I looked it up <laughs> for fun. The last time that Duke traveled to Kentucky was 1957. I talked about this on a recent episode, how it's only been neutral site games. I'm like, why on earth wouldn't you let Duke play at Rupp Arena or let Kentucky go play at Cameron Indoor? Yeah, Duke Duke came to Kentucky in 57. Kentucky went to Duke in 1958. And according to this, it looks like Duke came to Kentucky. My apologies. Looks like they came there in 1969 for the UKIT Championship in 1969 and ever since then it's been neutral site between these two squads i'm just frustrated that they sent the most irrelevant team in the acc to Auburn. even send louisville and let auburn drag the dead husk of louisville basketball up and down the court at least it's a big name yes fsu the same like fsu's been better here recently but like Pitt, they made the tournament last year. Georgia Tech, that's like a historic SEC rival there. Like that makes some the sense. The Auburn Tech rivalry All in general. All of these other, every other answer possible would have been more interesting, more fun, and better for Auburn. I've never seen a more eight nine seed matchup in my life than Missouri versus Pitt. Like never. <laughs> that that is the the epitome of an eight nine eight nine matchup. I mean, that's like yeah. I I sincerely believe this. The SEC is going to roll in this challenge. Well, this let's year. let's make the picks. Let's make the picks right, right now. Looking, I know it's late June, but they're going to smoke them. I'm putting this on a Google Doc. Go for it. Well, look, 
Let's just start. We'll start with the games on Tuesday, and then we'll go into the games right. on Wednesday. All right. LSU Syracuse. I'm going to take Syracuse. I'm going to take Syracuse because at they home. have more experience. L- and LSU was awful last year. Yep. Yeah, and LSU was terrible. I'm going to take Pitt at home against Missouri. Maybe. Yeah. I think that's that's a, it's closer to a toss up, but I, but I, but I'll go pit on that one. I can't go against Dennis Gates. He, he's he's incredible. Give me Mississippi State on the road at Georgia Tech. Yep, I'm with you there. I will take Mississippi State as well. I'm gonna take. It's gonna be surprising. I'm gonna take South Carolina at home against Notre Dame. I'll take South Carolina. I don't know who's on South Carolina's team anymore. I'm giving like, them the edge because they're at home, which doesn't GG say much. Jackson's gone, and they were trash with a guy who was a first-round draft pick, so I can't imagine what they're going to be like going forward. But Notre Dame hasn't been good. Yeah, but I'm. it's a wash. I'll go with South Carolina at home just because they're at home, which, as we know from last year's, right. does, is, uh, <laughs> it doesn't mean a anything. Weakness, actually. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to take... Notre Dame by double digits. By double digits. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. This one has a have, lot of meaning to you. Have you guys seen how South Carolina's played at home in non-conference games for the past like half decade? It's just like every other game they either almost lose or they lose in embar- in embarrassing fashion. Hmm. They beat Clemson in non-conference play last year. I know Ooh, that. Well, they <laughs> did. There you Battle go. Mid. <laughs> well, hey, this, hey, Clemson was a bubble team. They were a bubble a team. Bit. They Battle were of mid. <laughs> <laughs> How about Miami going to Kentucky? We're just picking these for fun. I'm, again, it's late June, but just to just to I go think through Miami's these. Gonna be really good. Mean, I'm fired but, up right now. But but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Kentucky and Rupp. I will take. I will take Kentucky and Rupp as well. Yeah, I'll take the Cats and Rupp. I'm really interested in this matchup. I know we've we have just dumped on these matchups, but NC State and Ole Miss. I think this could well, be yeah, a lot of fun. This is the fifth best matchup on the table, and it, it, like outside of the top four that you you knew were going to be at least lauded as better matchups, which is Arkansas, Duke, Tennessee, uh, UNC, Miami, Kentucky, and Virginia, Texas A and M. Those are all teams that finished that are huge names that finished in the top four, five in their conference last year. This one, I'm, I sneaky think Ole Miss is going to kind of dominate this game. Yeah, this is like a 7-10 matchup. If we're just comparing this to the NCAA tournament, I'll take Ole Miss at home. Yeah, I like Ole Miss at home as well. I think Alabama will beat Clemson. I think they I just agree. have enough talent. I don't know what Clemson's going to be. Um, I'll take Alabama here. I know, I mean, we're a long way away, but uh, let's see. Yeah, we'll pick the rest of these games on the other side. We'll get to them. You've got some big ones, the big ones, really. Tennessee, North Carolina, Duke, Arkansas, Auburn, Virginia Tech. Uh, even, heck, if you really want to get frisky, Boston College and Vanderbilt. I mean, we'll. All right, that was our conversation with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird about kind of the state of Kentucky, Somto. Baby Shack. We also got to discuss the SEC ACC Big 12 Challenge. Probably going to discuss some of these things more in depth just to kind of preview matchups ourselves, talk about Miami, talk about the uh, the perspective that you guys have on this game. I'm excited to have Miami come and erupt, but I'm just not like you could have had Duke. Like, let's be serious with ourselves. We could have had the Blue Devils. Come to Rupp Arena, or, I mean, I, I would have been perfectly fine going to Cameron Indoor. So, if you've got any thoughts on the SEC-ACC Big 12 Challenge, got any thoughts on anything that we had to talk about with Samto, with the perspective on UK, you can head over to the YouTube comments below, share your thoughts there, or you can check us out on our socials at Locked on UK. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDaw underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram, that is at Kentucky 
podcast. Questions, comments, and concerns, once again, leave them in the YouTube comments. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all on Monday for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.